Hi, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Yislike Rockadopolis. And I'm Lance Rockadopolis. And today we're going to talk about emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence is usually defined as the ability to perceive and identify what you're feeling and make positive decisions about what to do with those feelings. It also involves how to respond to other people, especially when they are experiencing heightened emotions. So today we'll provide a brief overview of a few core concepts in emotional intelligence, and we'll focus on how emotional intelligence works in our relationship, or at least how it should work. So the science journalist Daniel Goleman has been the guru of emotional intelligence since he first published his book on the topic in 1995, and he identifies four different components of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-regulation, social awareness, and relationship management. So self-awareness means knowing what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. For example, if a person is irritable, they need to be able to acknowledge, at least to themselves, the fact that they're irritable and to figure out why they're irritable. Yeah, and that reminds me, whenever somebody mentions mindfulness, that's exactly what they're talking about. They're taking stock of what's going on. In, in their brains and in their emotions and basically meditating on that. And self-regulation is being able to control and or deploy one's emotions. It's one thing to know what you're feeling. It's another thing to actually be able to use those feelings productively. So if you're angry, you don't have to act out on it in the moment, but instead you can use the energy of that anger to help you come up with solutions to the problem that made you angry. For example, you can leave the situation that generated the anger and then, and then think about it later on. Basically, find meaning in the anger. One thing that is frequently mentioned in a lot of anger management courses is taking 10 deep breaths. That's another technique that I've heard about. It resonates with me because I've become an adherent of the whole mind-body connection thing. So not because you've actually had to go through a lot of anger management courses? <laughs> no, I haven't actually been through any. No court-ordered anger management from you? No, actually, it, it was, um, I had to write an essay for the court. They gave a hypothetical scenario, and you had to write an essay. Both my ex-wife and I had to do that. Was that part of the um, divorce proceedings? Yes, it was. Yeah, I'm going to have to go through with that. That's mm -hmm. kind of why I'm waiting until my kid is <laughs> of age. <laughs> Social awareness is the ability to correctly interpret even very subtle emotional signals from other people. So, for example, if you're at a munch and a new person comes in and is acting kind of overbearing, it's probably because they're nervous. Your interpretation might not be accurate, of course, but with practice, hopefully it'll get better over time. When other people start getting involved and, you know, we're talking about social interactions, 
this is another example that can be triggering, but then it goes back to the self-awareness and regulation pieces. Emotional intelligence and mindfulness can help um, you recognize when you're triggered and help you not react negatively. Right. And of course, other people are the problem, as Sarge <laughs> pointed out. Hell is other people. You could go through your life perfectly happy without having to deal with other people's issues. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's not true, but it's a nice fantasy. And then finally, there's relationship management. The ability to use one's understanding of other people's emotions and one's own emotions to navigate and manage emotionally charged social and interpersonal situations. For example, in the workplace, an annual review can be a triggering interpersonal situation that requires a fair amount of emotional intelligence. The reviewer needs to be able to speak honestly but tactfully to the employee, and the employee needs to be able to take the feedback without getting visibly indignant or hostile. Lance, you've had a long career in management. Have you ever had problems with employees during annual reviews? Not really. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that if an employee ever did that become hostile or defensive in a review, then it would signal to me that it was time to encourage them to move on in their career. Interesting. That's yeah. kind of a privileged place to be as a manager these days. People are trying to hang on to their employees. Right. Yeah, we sometimes have to deal with difficult situations. But most people that I've dealt with in my career wouldn't make that mistake. Well, that's good. So now we're going to talk about emotional intelligence in our relationship. I think that most people who have just even dipped their toes into BDSM would probably agree. And we did come across some very interesting research along those lines, but we're going to have to save it for other episodes. Some of the articles that we found could probably take up 45 minutes in themselves to talk about. They're fascinating. Yeah, just to explain them, they're, they're complicated and go in depth. Yeah, I'm actually really excited right now because we're finding a lot of interesting, credible, peer-reviewed academic research on BDSM. And emotional intelligence. Yeah, combined. So we're going to find a way to make another episode on some of that. In our own BDSM relationship, of course, emotional intelligence is really important. In today's episode, we're going to apply Goleman's four components to our power exchange relationship. The element of our relationship that we're going to focus on is the giving and receiving of verbal corrections. So a verbal correction is basically when I tell Lance that he has done or is doing something wrong. Yeah, this is a very intense form of relationship and the element of control that you have over me is also intense. And what others might see as some of my behaviors as mundane and ordinary, you do see as problematic. So just talking to you in an assertive way or even making declarative statements, you see as my owner as problematic because you're perceiving that I'm asserting myself and assuming an authority that I do not have. 
So I frequently get corrected and it's not exclusive to the way I'm talking. It's my non-submissive attitude that needs correcting. Yeah, that's true. But when and how I give you corrections is always context-based, especially when it's about tone of voice or assertiveness. It really depends on what you're declaring Mm -hmm. and when or how you're declaring it. And when it comes to assertions, your tone of voice has a lot to do with how I take it. Because your tone of voice can often be reflective of your attitude, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just what you're saying. It's the reason why you're saying it and how you're saying it can be sarcastic. Or while the statement might not be critical, there might be a critical undertone to it that I can identify and call you out on and you will acknowledge that. Yeah, (laughs) Basically, you might be asking yourself, listeners, that um, why would anyone put themselves through that? But you mentioned right from the start of our relationship that I need to be able to take corrections. So I agreed then, and I'm affirming now that this is what I signed up for. Right. None of this would be okay in a vanilla relationship. This is, you know, I'm only doing this because I feel that it is a significant duty that I have, to be perfectly honest. And I know that Lance feels that way Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I can recall one incident where we were talking about corrections. And since I know myself the best, I know that physical corrections are the best way to, you know, snap me back to my role. And there was one point where I actually asked to be slapped if I needed that. And I perfectly am am willing to accept that kind of correction. So in order to help us talk about emotional intelligence in our relationship, we're going to use an example from really early on within the first year of us being together. Um, (laughs) And it involved going on a short hike. And so we're going to talk about, you know, what happened how we initially felt about what happened and then how we were able to resolve the situation and come to an understanding of Mm -hmm. what went wrong and why it went wrong. Right. But also we're going to talk about how we interpreted that experience in the context of what we learned about emotional intelligence. Okay. So I was staying at Lance's house in Denver And I have a very distinct memory of sitting on your couch in the morning, planning to go hiking. And then at some point, we ended up talking about corrections, and we were still really trying to figure out what we were going to really do with this 24-7 TPE. And you told me that you really wanted to be slapped as part of a correction. Physical slapping or takedowns are really the best way to get my attention, so... If you're going to be doing a correction, intellectualizing isn't going to be as powerful as like physically stopping me in the moment or shaking me back into my respective role. Right. But just to reiterate, you asked me to slap you in the face as a correction. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Okay. That's important here. So we finished our conversation. We got ready to go for the hike, drove to the trailhead. It was a hike up to a dam. It was an easy hike most of the way. 
we get up to the dam and we go as far around the dam as we can. It's a lovely day. Everything's fine. Yeah, we're having a conversation along the way. And during those days, I remember frequently talking about either feminism or the patriarchy. And and he's bringing that up because we don't actually remember what caused the initial problem there. Like, So we're just going to say we were talking about male supremacy because we talked about it a lot at that time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting because apparently it doesn't really matter what we're talking about. It's not so much the subject, but our emotionality. Mm -hmm. So we're standing on the trail around the dam and Lance is saying something to me and I try to give a response and he keeps talking and he keeps interrupting me. He will not let me get a word in edgewise. So I give him a direct command, which is something that he always says that he needs and he just keeps talking over me. I must have been at a real heightened emotional state out there because I'm not usually like that. I usually allow people to talk. And if I were doing that, it, I I must have been feeling a little frustrated at my lack of ability to communicate what I was trying to get across. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So he keeps interrupting me and then I repeatedly command him to stop interrupting me right? Four or five times. So I'm like, okay, four hours ago, he told me to slap him as a correction. So I'm going to do it. So I slapped him in the face as he asked. And then what happened? Oh, dear. I'm embarrassed to say that I took it really negatively. Um, Basically, I felt humiliated and I felt like you did not want to hear my perspective at all. And I kind of shut down emotionally and verbally. Yeah, he was really upset. And we started walking back down from the dam to the trail. And he walked way ahead of me and was being completely cold and uncommunicative. So we got down to the main trail and he was just like maybe 100 yards from me watching the water come down from the dam. And I asked him what was wrong. And he said basically something like, you don't care about what I have to say. You're not interested in what I have to say. So why should I say anything? And so I'm thinking it probably has to do with the slap, but I'm feeling really, really betrayed and stuck. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I thought that I was doing my due diligence by following up on our agreement. I was excited that I did what you wanted to do and it was transgressive. And, you know, I when I did slap you, I thought it was sexy and exhilarating. Because even though it was agreed upon, it's a pretty hardcore thing for an adult to slap another adult, you know, in a romantic relationship. You know, and I was scared to do it, too. You know, it was something that I'd never done before in my life. I don't think I've ever slapped anyone in my Mm -hmm. life before that. So I have to say that I did have a fair amount of emotional intelligence then. But the main thing was feeling betrayed by your reaction. Yeah, I was when we talk about self-awareness, I was really self-absorbed at that point and just focused on my emotions of humiliation and, and it wasn't exactly anger but it was it was related 
to anger at not being respected and unwilling to hear my point of view that that that's what really hurt me the most it wasn't the physical slap itself so we walked silently the two and a half or so miles back to the car and um and by the time we got to the car i started to feel more like myself again maybe because at that point he was a captive audience <laughs> he couldn't walk way ahead of me um, we were both stuck in the car. We had to be in the car in, in order to get home. Right. So I did feel a lot more confident in the car. And I think that was also because I was thinking about it. Like I had time to cool off and think about what I was going to say. And I also felt more confident because it was so obvious to me that you were in the wrong. Right. But I don't, I don't, you did try to reach out to me dur during our hike back, but nothing was like resonating until you said that you were doing most of the emotional uh, labor in our relationship. And that kind of struck home with me because I realized that the way I was conceiving what happened was very simplistic and binary in that I'm either going to be interacting with you or I'm going to shut down. And that's kind of, not very emotionally adult, put it that way. There should be some kind of middle ground there. I mean, I felt a wide variety of things. I felt self-righteous about it, about being right, which is interesting because moral self-righteousness really isn't a thing for us these days. You know, we we make mistakes and then we get through them. I don't think that right fighting in a sense really means a lot in our relationship because, I mean, look what we're doing. I just slapped you right in a public area. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's nothing righteous about physically <laughs> abusing your partner. It, um, it is in our case, and that's, that's the weird thing. And so that time in the car would be an example of relationship management, mm -hmm. right? I got my head straight about what was going on, and then I was able to sort of talk you down or at that point, had you already been coming around? No, I don't think I would. I came around until I realized what you were doing and how worthwhile it was for our relationship. That emotional labor, as you put it, is very valuable in our relationship. And when you do that, what we're now calling relationship management, we didn't have terms for it before. You called it at the time emotional labor. And I just had to acknowledge that you were doing most of it. Yeah. So I guess for me, the term relationship management feels better than emotional labor, mm -hmm. right? It's better to be a manager than a laborer. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> right. that's what it is. So yeah, so good. Relationship management is now the term I'm going to use. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the moral to this story is Slapping is bad, and Lance is a dumb head. <laughs> just kidding. There isn't really a moral. We're both just doing our best. Right. I mean, doing this podcast and learning about new ways of conceiving emotions, that's really helpful. I can't wait to start getting into the other articles where they equate pain with emotions. That's really fascinating to me because that's one of the things that I want to get out of growing emotionally is processing pain better.
Okay. So thank you everyone for joining us today. Our next episode is going to be about transgression, which is the center from which flows all of my kinky delights. Mm -hmm. Until then, have a great week. Thank you.